and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. This episode is going to be the second episode I do on why I quit teaching. This is a question I get very often, and I'm hoping that this podcast will kind of summarize all the different questions related to that. But before we dive in, the very first thing I wanted to say is I did not burn out on teaching. Teaching was not the right job for me, and it took me a while to figure that out. I just wanted to say that because I do think people think that I burned out and they'll reach out to me trying to get advice on how I knew I had burned out. And my process of figuring out that I needed to leave looks really different. So hopefully this podcast will kind of explain what I experienced. I have other podcasts that are related. Like I said, this is my second episode on quitting teaching. And I have some episodes that kind of explain how I got into teaching more. Those are all linked in the show notes. But to summarize, I knew I really wanted to work with kids with special needs. But I didn't know that careers like ABA or being a speech therapist or an occupational therapist existed in terms of working with children. If I had done more research on other careers, just careers related to working with people in the special needs population, I might have made a different choice. I pretty much assumed if you wanted to work with kids with special needs, you went to be a teacher. And I really did zero research outside of that. And so I kind of just happened into the career of special education. So I knew I wanted to quit because I noticed that I did not really enjoy teaching. The things that I saw bring other teachers joy did not bring me joy. And just to know, all all teachers go through this. I had to go through the growth of becoming strong at data collection, writing IEPs, uh, managing staff members, having a well-organized, well-running classroom. So earlier in my career when I was like, I don't really like this, I kind of chalked it up to, uh, but once I get stronger at it, once I get better at it, I'll like it more. Then I got to the point where I was a pretty good teacher and I had an organized classroom and I still wasn't having a lot of joy. And that's when I started to realize, okay, well, maybe maybe there, there's something else I should be doing. I knew I wanted to spend more time working on behavior and communication. And I absolutely believe that kids need to be learning reading and math skills. It's really important as part of their daily life skills. I just didn't want to be the person teaching it. I did consider moving to a secondary position or to an early childhood position for less of an emphasis on the typical curriculum than what I was experiencing in my upper elementary position. But I really felt like at the end of the day, if I didn't like teaching, it didn't make sense to go teach in a different setting. And it was just pure luck that I met the BCBA that owns the center that I work at. That was the first time I really realized that I could have a career doing exactly what I wanted to do. But this is one that I think confuses people. If I knew that teaching wasn't right for me, why do I feel sad that I love teaching sometimes? And just because I knew that teaching wasn't right for me doesn't mean I didn't love the people that I worked with and the students that I had. In fact, if I could have stayed in that same classroom, had the same caseload, had the same assistance, the same SLP, and the same OT, doing exactly what I do at the center in that school setting, that would have been a dream. I had a fantastic team, and I was so sad to walk away. 
I, I wanted to love being a teacher and stay in that room. And it was hard for me to balance this job isn't making me happy, but I love it so much. That's just, that's a complicated feeling to work through. And I also found it really hard to have closure when the pandemic hit. So I love teaching and my assistant took over my classroom in August and the pandemic hit in March. So she didn't even make it through an entire school year before that happened. And so I kind of had, you know, a dream that my aide would take the classroom over. We had we had put a ton of supports in place for her. Uh, the kids would still make progress. My client was still in that classroom. I still had a pretty close connection. And I just thought that we would be able to, you know, fully transition the classroom from me to her. And then the kids stopped going to school in March and everything changed. And I had a lot of guilt over what if I had not left? I didn't like teaching, but if I had stayed in the position, could I have provided the kids with more normalcy and a more stable environment? Probably not, but it took me a long, long time to work through that layer. So that's pretty much everything I wanted to share. But I did go onto Instagram and get a couple of other assumptions, and I figure we can talk about those now. So another assumption that I got was that I left due to intensive or aggressive behaviors. A lot of people uh, assumed that I'd had a traumatic experience with uh, related to aggressive behavior. And this is not accurate at all. I actually really enjoy um, responding to behavior and figuring out uh, interventions that we can use. It's an area that I'm stronger at. I am a lot stronger at collecting data on behavior and writing and implementing FBAs and BIPs than I am at teaching reading, for example. And so that's what appealed to me at the center. I still work with intensive behaviors, but I can focus more on that and less on the curriculum the way I had in the school. So in the school, I would have students that, you know, I had a clear vision of the intervention that I wanted to put into place. I just didn't have time to do it because I was also having to teach them science and social studies. At the center, I don't have to worry about the curriculum, so I can just purely focus on the interventions. And I think a lot of people who assume this don't realize that I still work with intensive behavior. It's just in a different setting. Uh, the second assumption was that I left due to the paperwork and the expectations. Uh, this is a kind of yes and a kind of no. I actually don't mind paperwork that much. I enjoy writing IEPs. I enjoy doing assessments. I like graphing data. I like doing all of that, and so it doesn't really bother me. I do feel like teachers have too high of an expectation on them, and I did feel like it was difficult to get everything done in the classroom that I needed to be doing. I felt like I was always dropping something, but I didn't leave because of that. So I wanted to acknowledge, yes, I think the expectation is too high, but that didn't make me leave necessarily. Uh, the next assumption was mental health and work-life balance, that my I was experiencing more anxiety and I didn't have a good work-life balance. I would say this one is pretty accurate. I've talked fairly openly about how I went through probation at my school, and that's what the first episode of Why I Left Teaching talks about. It's episode eight, but basically I found that no matter how much progress I made in my classroom, I always saw myself as a teacher who struggled. Like I said earlier in this podcast, I became a really strong teacher, but I was just doubting myself. And I felt like because I was having so much trouble managing my anxiety, I felt like I needed like a fresh setting, a fresh start. That's what first had me looking to make the switch. But like I said earlier, it didn't really make sense to switch to another school. And I found my center and it just all kind of lined up. 
And it's hard for me to say right now if I'll have better work-life balance in this position because right now I'm more like a teaching assistant and when I pass the boards, I'll be more like a teacher. But I feel like I will because, like I said, I don't really like teaching. And so when I was teaching, I was spending a lot of time in the evenings and on weekends working on things I didn't feel passionate about. And as a BCBA, I'll still be working at night and on weekends, but it'll be on things that really interest me. So I think it'll be more enjoyable. And I will do an episode probably six months into a, being a BCBA, kind of comparing that work-life balance, but I haven't even passed my boards yet, so it'll, it will not be until 2022 that we hear that episode. And then the last one was, I felt like I could make more of a difference in this setting. I had one person say this to me, and this one hit the nail on the head. I can look back at students and feel strongly that I did not do enough for them, and it took me a while to figure out why I felt that way. And there are a lot of teachers out there who love reading and math and science and social studies, and that's really important. But I didn't like that. And I felt like I was spending my job doing things I didn't like, even though I had strengths in other areas. My strengths, I couldn't really utilize them the way I wanted to in the school system. And I'll be able to do that in the private center. Like I said, my entire job at the private center is going to be figuring out doing assessments, figuring out interventions, putting those into place, taking data on if they're working, all that kind of stuff that I absolutely love doing. And in an ideal scenario, I could be working with the teacher of the client that I have so we can figure out how to replicate that in the classroom. It's just a better role for me to have to do the part that I really love to do and then use my skill set to support the client and every atmosphere that they're going into. So I do think that this career is going to be much better for lining up to what I want to spend my life doing. But I hope this kind of explains teaching. I didn't want anyone to think that I went into teaching, absolutely loving it and having it chipped away. It just took me a long time to realize what do I love about this job and then what could I be doing that just allowed me to focus on what I love. You're always welcome to reach out if you have any questions, but I hope this cleared things up and I can't wait to touch back with you guys to tell you more about the work-life balance. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like what you heard, I'd greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and you can visit me at adaptationstation.net. I can't wait to bring you guys the next episode, and I'll talk again soon.